What if we had to live with the fairness of unforgiveness, an execution of the justice we deserve, no gospel delivered to be witnessed or heard? To the people walking in darkness, a great light never dawned, hopeless only to wonder, lonely and lost. No way, truth, or life through the good shepherd, only the debt and death incurred from sin's ledger. Fated to remain chained as slaves to sin, no one and only son to secure us as God's children. No wonderful counselor, no prince of peace, only a law we are too weak to keep. Only a chasm between our creator and us, a divide so wide we stand no chance to cross. What if this was the only kind of life we could live what if God had withheld the very best he had to give? Crossing family, it is so good to be with you. I want to welcome those of you here in Quincy at our 48th Street campus as well as our 929 campus. To those of you who are part of our Macomb family, Kirksville family, Pike County, Hannibal, Lima, Mount Sterling, Monmouth, and Jacksonville. To those of you who are watching all across this region and around the United States online, and to those of you who are part of The Crossing Inside, I also want to welcome those of you who are joining us for the first time or the first time in a long time. We are so glad that you are here and that you're allowing us to be part of your Christmas celebration. So on behalf of Jennifer and I as, and our family, as well as all of those who call The Crossing home, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And I know that many of you are joining us from, for your Christmas Eve services all across this region. There are some of you who are incredibly excited to be here. You got your time slot, you sent out your text messages, you couldn't wait, you fitted into your crazy schedule and you're happy to be here. But I also know that in a room this big all across this region, there are some of you who you don't wanna be here. Uh, you got dragged here, maybe you lost a bet with someone. If you're like my kids, you're having to wear an outfit you didn't plan on wearing and it's not as comfortable as you thought it would be and you're frustrated. And I want you to know we get that. I also know that there's some of you who you're trying to navigate uh, your first Christmas without somebody. Maybe that's why uh, you're sitting alone. I mean, there's people around you, but you're sitting alone or maybe there's people around you and you're feeling alone. Maybe this year you're having Christmas because of someone's loss uh, at a different house. You're trying to figure out, are you gonna carry the weight of their Christmas traditions or are you just gonna can them and try and start some new ones? And there are some of you in here that because of recent health revelations, you're pondering the reality that this might be your last Christmas. You're trying to soak it all in. You're trying to figure out if there's a way to set everything that's gone wrong relationally right. 
And there's some of you, you're just trying to make people happy. You're just getting pulled in a thousand different directions and you're here just to put a smile on grandma's face. That's what you've been told, do it for grandma. And I want you to hear me say this, I'm glad you're here. No matter where you find yourself emotionally or relationally or physically or spiritually, I believe that there is a gift for you today. I believe there's a gift for your past, a gift for your present, and ultimately a gift for your future. Let me explain. The video we just watched ended with a really powerful question for us to ponder. More than just being powerful, it's a little scary. Uh, here's what the question was. What if God had withheld the very best he had to give? What would our world look like without the birth of Jesus? The social, scientific, educational, economic, financial impact alone would be staggering. You see, it was from the Christian community that the first colleges and universities were formed. Oxford's motto is the Lord is my light. It was Jesus followers who started Cambridge and the University of Paris as well as Harvard and Yale. In fact, 127 of the first 138 universities established here in the United States were established in Jesus' name. It was a desire to understand Jesus as creator that led to fantastic scientific discoveries and advancements. It was Florence Nightingale, a Jesus follower, that transformed the occupation of nursing. It was J.J. Thompson, an elder, who discovered the uh, electron and was the inventor of the mass spectrometer. And I know that doesn't mean much to almost anybody, including myself, but let me tell you why this is important. Because that discovery and that invention changed forever their studies in chemistry, biochemistry, pharmacy, and medicine. So if this past week you found yourself at a pharmacy needing medicine, you can trace it back to that Jesus follower who wanted to understand Jesus as a creator. It was Blaise Pascal who invented the hydraulic press and the mechanical calculator along with many other things. It was William Thompson, a Jesus follower, who deduced absolute zero and invented signaling equipment that was used in the first transatlantic telegraph. I could go on and on. We could talk about George Washington Carver, we could talk about Carl Gauss, we could talk about Isaac Newton, and so many more. What about uh, art? Well, Jesus' impact on art is profound as well. Did you know that musical notation was an invention of Jesus' followers? To be able to give people an opportunity to worship or to sing worship songs to Jesus all across the globe. It was the languages of Italian and German and English that were all shaped through Jesus' followers translating the Bible into their language and then teaching them how to read. There would be no Narnia, no Lord of the Rings, no Sistine Chapel, no Dante's Divine Comedy. Or how about this one? This year alone, Christian philanthropy accounted for 70% of all American philanthropy. It was Jesus followers that outgave the US government in addressing global poverty. Or take the invention of hospitals. I'm guessing over the last three years, many of you have had to spend some time in a hospital. Did you know that that was a uniquely Christian invention? It was an outgrowth of Christian people trying to 
live out the words of Jesus to help the down and out, that they started to welcome into their house the sick and needy. And then they started to give them a place to go for the sick and needy. And the result became uh, hospitals as people tried to live out the teachings of Jesus as it pertained to hospitality. In other words, the answer to the question is that this world would not be as educated, inspired, advanced, or as cared for without Jesus. And that barely scratches the surface. Because those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ realize that he has done so much more for us on an individual level. How do you articulate the beauty of the birth of Jesus in just a few words? What if you only had 12? What 12 words would you use to articulate the beauty of Jesus showing up here on planet Earth? Well, uh, we could do, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That's Isaiah chapter 9. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, also 12 words. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. You guys know the answer to this one. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only, we got to go King James Version here for a second, begotten son. What if you had to do it in 11? Could you deduce the magnitude of Jesus coming to earth in just 11 words? Luke chapter 1 verse 78 says, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. 10. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. There's a whole sermon there. Could you do it in nine? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Can you do it in eight? Good news of great joy for all people, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Seven, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Six, the image of the invisible God. Five, full of grace and truth. Four, the word became flesh. Three, God came down. Two, you have to go to Acts chapter 4, verse 30, holy child. Could you, could you reduce the magnitude of Jesus coming to earth down to just one word? I think you can, Emmanuel. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 through 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us. That's three words. God with us. God with us. I gotta be honest with you, that doesn't make a lot of sense. How can God be there and here and with you and me and every single one of us simultaneously? It doesn't make a lot of sense. But just so you know, there's a lot of things about Christmas that just don't make sense. For instance, to my knowledge, Christmas is the only birthday party where everybody else gets the presents. Right? You didn't go, hey, mom's birthday's in a couple of weeks, what are you getting me? Right? Nobody has, but when it comes to Jesus, we're like, eh, what are you getting me? Uh, here's another one. Angels ripping apart the heavens and singing a song to shepherds doesn't make sense. 
wise men following a star and finding a house in Bethlehem doesn't make sense. I'm no scientist. But a virgin being pregnant doesn't make sense either. But yet all of that is found right here in this story. How does that happen? Well, Luke gives us a clue. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, inside the birth narrative of Jesus, this is what it says. For nothing will be impossible with God. How can God be with us? Because nothing's impossible for him. How can God be with you and me in every situation and in every circumstance? Because with him, nothing is impossible. And God has made it his mission to be with you if you will let him. As I said from the very beginning, this is a gift for your past, a gift for your present, and it's a gift for your future. How is this baby in a manger good news for your past? Well, that baby doesn't stay in a manger. 33 years later, he walks alone to Calvary, and he dies a death that nobody else can die in your place on your behalf. So that way you don't have to. And he was on the cross. He brought about healing and redemption and forgiveness for your past. Recently, uh, my family's been sick. A kid came home last Thursday, sick from school. Then my other kid got sick. Then my wife got sick. It's a miracle that I'm here. I've been ducking and weaving all week long. And uh, one, uh, one night, at about two in the morning, one of my kids starts screaming from upstairs, Dad, I threw up! I get up. I'm like, okay. He goes, I threw up in my room. I'm like, all right, go to another bedroom and go to sleep. And then I went back to bed. <laughs> I figured, listen, I figured it wasn't going to be that bad. I was wrong. <laughs> he, he, he didn't miss the toilet. He didn't even make it into the vicinity of the bathroom. I brought pictures. No, I'm joking. I, didn't, I wouldn't do that to you. So I go and get the paper towels, and I get the spray, and I start in, and uh, it's not going so well. And my son said, why don't we just light some candles? <laughs> right? And I said, that won't work. And he goes, why? I said, because candles only, per, uh, only deal with the smell. They don't deal with the stain. And so uh, I went to Walmart, went to the vacuum section, and then I was looking for, like, the whatever you call them. I mean, you can see how, how useful I am around the house. The wet vacs, you know, like the pet urine scrubbing machines. And uh, I bought the one where you put the water in and you get the added heat. And uh, this Bissell bad boy, uh, you know. And I went to work. And I got the Bissell added heat, pet scrubbing, water holding, OxyClean solution shooting stain destroyer. And I went to work. And eventually... That spot looked brand new. When it comes to your past, you don't need more candles. You need Bissell Jesus. And some of us have been buying candles for a really long time. 
We've just been trying to cover up the smell of our past instead of dealing with the stain of our past. So you go out and you, you buy the, well, you, you buy the job candle and the new boyfriend candle and the vacation you can't afford candle and a different car candle and you move to a different neighborhood candle or you, you leave that job and you get the new job candle. And you just keep getting more and more candles trying to solve the smell instead of spending your time actually addressing the stain. And you get like the one wick candle, then you're like, well, that's not enough. We need to get the two wick candle. Then you get the three wick candle. The other day I was lighting our four wick candle. I'm like, why are we, why are we buying these? Because the last one is always the hardest one to light and you end up burning the hair off your wife's knuckles when, you, when she's trying to get it going, right? And you just want to go, stop. And some of us, we've lit in so many candles in our lives that we can hardly breathe. And then eventually the candles go out and the smell returns, and so we, we go and buy more candles. When all along, all you needed was Bissell Jesus. My boys took pictures before and after. I'm not going to show them. But can I tell you something? The area where I let Bissell Jesus do his work is the cleanest room and the cleanest part of that room. Isn't that interesting? The place where the biggest stain is is now the most beautiful piece of carpet in the room. And those of us who have a long history with Jesus Christ, isn't that our testimony? That he took the most beat up parts of us and made it the most beautiful. That you can look through our lives and you can see exactly where we've let him do his work. And you can see exactly where we told him to stop. You could choose candles, but Bissell Jesus is the only thing that will fix the stain of your past. There is no sinner he can't save. There is no failure he can't fix. There is no, there is no situation that he can't solve. He's good news for your past. How is this uh, baby in a manger good news for your present? Well, that baby doesn't stay in a manger. After his crucifixion and resurrection, he ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God, and there he intercedes for you. It's a big church word. All it means is he talks to God on your behalf. And at the same time that he's doing that, he's placed his spirit in those who are believers in Jesus, where he goes with us no matter what we face. Here's what that means. Emmanuel means God with you. No matter what you are going through, Emmanuel, God with you. And you might be tempted to say, but Clayton, you don't know about my unique situation and my unique challenges, and that's why he's not with me. So I put a list together. Uh, if you're uh, dealing with addiction, abuse, and anger management, you need to hear this. Emmanuel, God is with you. In your brokenness, bad habits, and business blunders, Emmanuel, God is with you. In your closeted cynicism and in your colossal challenges, Emmanuel, God is with you. In your doubts, darkness, depression, diagnosis, and defeats, the Bible screams, Emmanuel, God is with you. In your embarrassment and in your emptiness, Emmanuel. In your fatigue and failures, gloom and guilt, hate and heartbreak, imperfections and inadequacies, Emmanuel, God is with you. 
is with you. Some of you are going, is he doing what I think he's doing? The answer is yes. If you're becoming jaded and judgmental and if you're facing jeering and needing justice, Emmanuel, God is with you. When you're standing in your kitchen, looking at koalas or staring through kaleidoscopes, Emmanuel, God is with you in your loneliness, messiness, neediness, oppressiveness, and pettiness. Emmanuel, in your questioning, God is with you. In your raging and restlessness, shaming and sadness, trying and tiredness, Emmanuel, God is with you. In your uncertainty and uneasiness, Emmanuel, God is with you. In your vices and victories and when you take your dog to the vet, Emmanuel, God is with you. In your worry and weariness and weakness, Emmanuel, God is with you. X, Y, Z. Bear with me. And when you're getting an x-ray because you got kicked by a yak at the zoo, Emmanuel, God is with you. There is no situation that you will face. There is no circumstance that you will walk through where God is not fully ready and prepared to be with you in that moment. Emmanuel, God is with you. And that is good news for your present. But what about your future? Well, these promises are not just for today, but for every day in front of you. There is no mountain too high that you can go and escape him, and there is no valley too low that you can go and hide out. It was David who says in Psalm 23, you've all been to a funeral, you've heard these words, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, Emmanuel. There are a lot of gifts that you're gonna want this Christmas, but there is only one gift you need, and that is Emmanuel. You need God with you. And here at The Crossing, we call that an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can open that gift today. And when you open that gift, it will make all the difference. And I hope you'll do just that. We love you. We're moving to a time of decision. Just talking about gifts gets me excited. I don't know about you, tomorrow morning is a special morning when you, especially with kids and you open up gifts, but the special thing about this gift that we are talking about right now is this. Listen, it has your name on it. It has your name on it. All week long, my kids have been going around the tree saying, That has my name on it. That has my name on it. Because you get excited about it when you see a gift and you have that gift tag and it has a name on it, it's special. But here's what the angels declared. The day Jesus was born, they said, hey, this child is good news of great joy for all people, which includes every single one of you. That it doesn't matter, like he said, where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. This gift This gift of Jesus is available to you. This gift of him being Emmanuel, God with you, has your name on it. And I hope you'll consider that today, opening that. Because when you open it, this is what it looks like. It's When you open it, you're saying, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that I'm going to pursue the very call that he has on my life. And listen, I know all of you, or at least... I should say, most of you, you have all your Christmas shopping done. 
there may be a crazy one out there. And you're like, I got the perfect gift. I have it. It's wrapped. I'm ready to, for Christmas morning, for my kid or my wife or my, my husband to open it, my grandma to open this gift. It's the perfect gift. And I will tell you this. The greatest gift you can give your family. The greatest gift you can give those who love you and care for you deeply is the assurance of where you're spending eternity when this life is over. When you start an intimate personal relationship with Jesus, when you confess that with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, when you start that intimate personal relationship with Jesus, you would be joining. You would be joining several people making that step this very weekend. We've had one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, or sorry, one on Thursday, one on Friday. We had two right before service. We have another one happening this service. People are saying, I'm accepting that free gift of grace and mercy. I am opening that gift, and I am believing that Jesus is who he says he is, and they're starting that relationship. And I want to I ask you, if you've never started that before, if you've never opened and received that gift, it can happen today. In just a little bit, the music's going to start and I'm going to be right up by the stage. And we'd love to help you navigate what your next steps are. And, and you can do that next step today. You can start that relationship today. But for us as Christians in here, maybe you made that decision in the past. Maybe it's been recent. Maybe it was a long time ago. You opened the gift. You, you started walking with Jesus. But like some presence that we get in our past... Sometimes we just kind of put them off to the side. We start just kind of saying, ah, I'll, I'll come back to it eventually. And you've been kind of living a life not with Jesus in this, in this time that you're living right now. You're not engaging with him. You just put it to your side and you're, you're, you're just living in your own wisdom and your own strength. It looks like you're not walking daily with Jesus. You're not opening up the word of God. You're not allowing it to come inside of you and transform you. But I have to remind you something. Listen, we have everything that we need in Christ. We have everything we need in Jesus. But yet for some reason, and I get it, the lower story probably came inside of your life. We keep leaving behind that gift and ignoring the plans and the purposes that he has for you, for your family, for your friends, your finances, and even your future. So maybe in this moment, you're not accepting the gift for the first time, but maybe you need to reclaim it. You need to get down on your knees, and you need to just say, God, I, I've, been, I've been living away from you. I've been living out on my own strength, and I just need you to know that I'm all in, and I need to live without accepting that gift today, and maybe that's what you're gonna do in this time. For all of us in this room too, there's something special that we have. We have this message. We have this truth. We have this hope. And the best thing we could do is we could give it to others. We could re-gift it without losing it ourselves. We can, you know, around the Christmas table with your family or your friends in just a little bit, you can share this hope, this gift that's available to your family and friends and let them know that they are, are loved and they can start that intimate personal relationship with him. But right now, this church, we have a small gift for you and it's up in these gift boxes. 
And there's several up here, and, and I get it. I'm, I'm, this, this gift is for every single person. In just a little bit, you're going to see people come forward, and they're going to come up and grab it. And you're going to be like, it's too crowded up there. There's too many people. Listen, there's a lot of time on this back end. I'm just going to encourage you to just take a moment and come claim this gift. Because all this is, is a reminder for you. A reminder for me. It has a simple phrase on there. It just says this, God loves you. And so do we. And I know that may not seem like, oh, wow, that's so deep. That's so powerful. But listen, I'm going to encourage you. When you grab this gift, you put it somewhere special. Whether it's in your car, whether it's in your Bible, whether it's in your nightstand, whether it's in your bathroom, when you get up in the morning, you get ready, and you're brushing your hair, or for those guys who are just trying to comb a couple hairs, like, it's there. And you just need that reminder. Hey, God loves me. And so do I, and so do we. This church, listen, this church absolutely loves you. And if you don't know this, I want you to hear it from my voice. We are in your corner. We are rooting for you. We're rooting for your families. We want what's best for you. And we know what's best for you is living inside that relationship with Jesus. And so, in just a little bit, I'm going to encourage you, come get this gift. Maybe you pray over it a little bit. And there might be a time where at just the right moment, you're having that lower story moment. And you don't know where to go, and you don't know where to look, but then all of a sudden that card is going to minister to you in just the right point and remind you that he loves you and that this church is for you. So I want you to consider that as you stand to your feet right now as we go into this time of worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful for each and every single person that is in this place right now, this Christmas. Before all the busyness, before all the preparations, God, they are here for a reason. They're here for a reason, Lord, and I pray for that person who just needs to accept that gift for the very first time. I pray for boldness for them, to let them know that it is okay and they're not alone and that they have a church family and they have people in their lives that, man, that is the greatest gift they can give them is by starting that relationship with you. But Lord, I know there's others, we get stuck in this lower story of a life that just need to reclaim that gift. They need to just refresh their relationship with you. And I pray they do business with you in this time. But Lord, also I know that there is a broken world out there where they need people, the people in this room, to tell them about this gift that they've received and to help share that with them in this moment. I pray, God, just for these next few moments, powerful moments for families to circle around each other and pray together to claim this gift that, God, you love us and that we're in their corner as well. Lord, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.